Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Gang of Killstokes here, and welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. A very special episode because today I'm going to share with you an interview I did with Tim and Steve from the Steady Trade Podcast. Now, originally, those guys brought me on because they wanted to interview me and talk about the difference between trading stocks versus trading Forex. And although we did cover that topic, as usual, my interviews kind of go off on a completely different route as they end up uh, getting to know me a little bit more. So we talk about how I went from investing in the stock market to attempting to trade penny stocks to the Forex market. We talk a little bit about the differences between penny stocks and Forex trading. And also I take you through really my learning curve and drop some knowledge bombs on you that I learned on my path from being a consistent losing trader, consistent money bleeder, to a consistently profitable trader and now trading coach. So check this episode out. If you do, uh, obviously let me know that you liked it, but also head over to steadytrade.com and check out their podcast as well. It's more stock related, but I know many of you guys just aren't Forex traders. You're looking at the stock market and other forms of, of investment as well. And I'll tell you what, although I just met these guys, the relationship is new. I like them. We had a very good conversation off air just about mindset and what it really takes to be a consistently profitable trader versus what the internet tells you. And I can tell you that these guys have the right mindset and the knowledge in which they give you from their podcast is going to help push you in the right direction. So again, that's www.steadytrade.com. You can check out all their episodes. And of course, I'll share a few mine right now. This is episode 65 of the Steady Trade Podcast with your host, Tim Bowen. I like that learning to drive analogy. The way I drove when I was 16 oh, kind of reminds me of the way Steven <laughs> trades right now. And Steven Johnson. No, and there's, there's kind of success and failure though as well. Like Today the guys sit down with Akil, a Forex trader who hosts the Trading Coach Podcast. And for those of you not familiar with Forex trading or foreign exchange trading, well, tell us a little bit about what it is, Akil. Uh, the Forex market is the largest financial market in the world. Uh, I think it's about $5 trillion plus dollars traded per day. And essentially, you're trading the difference in exchange rates between uh, different currencies from different countries. So the biggest one is the dollar. Um, but unlike stocks where you're investing in, say, a, a particular company, um, it's really more like a head-to-head -head battle between one currency versus another one, and you're betting on the different strength or weakness. 
It's another great episode. It's always a good podcast when Steven's not drunk or <laughs> tries to use the podcast to get a date. So let's jump right in. Welcome to the Steady Trade Podcast. We are super, super, extremely excited to welcome on a, a special guest. A little bit different than what we normally do. This guest actually has his own podcast and he is outside the realm of penny stocks. We have Akil here. Hello, Akil. Hi, guys. Welcome. Thanks for allowing me the opportunity to kind of be your experiment. <laughs> it's okay. You are, you are the guinea pig. If this, if this episode drops, then we will never do it again. So <laughs> there's no, no pressure on you, but you have to be entertaining and successful. Okay, yeah. The, the, weight, of, the weight of the world is on my shoulders. But uh, yeah, I'll just give him a bit of a brief. You can, you can kind of introduce yourself. No worries. Akil has a podcast called The Trading Coach. And he's, he's part of tier one trading, I believe, which is a, a Forex, Forex mentorship program and software. Just, you do some software stuff as well, right? Correct. Yeah, it's an educational company where we, we work with traders and we do offer software, but um, really our main agenda is to educate traders without the use of software, have them develop the skill of trading. And the software is kind of like a icing on the cake after that to kind of make it easier and just to give some confirmation and uh, some confidence as well. Cool. And um, just, just so you know us, I'll, I'll just let you know, I'm Stephen, Stephen Johnson. Um, I, I kind of I got more prominently well-known because I was the first trader to kind of document my entire trading journey on YouTube from week one, from learning. Nice. I was like, I'm just going to do the whole thing. And it was humiliating. I lost a lot of money for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but I stuck with it. And Tim Bourne, if you want to introduce yeah, um, I'm sure most listeners know, but just kind of a brief introduction, Akil. Uh, so I've been a penny stock trader for about, well, roughly 10 years now, probably coming up on my 10-year anniversary. Um, had a lifelong interest in finance and trading, but I'd always kind of like followed like the CNBC model, you know, oh, the, 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 the like, you know, buy companies you believe in and stuff like that, and they just never went anywhere. And I was always like, man, there's got to be more to this than that. And that's what kind of brought me to penny stocks and mm -hmm. really particularly short selling penny stocks. You know, back in the day, it was like, wait a minute, I can own GE or Coke and watch them go 1% in six months, or I can short sell a penny stock that's gone from one to five and make, you know, 50% in an hour. So that's kind of what brought me to penny stocks. And, uh, you know, I've gotten a little more risk averse as I've gotten a little older, but I still mm -hmm. primarily focus on penny stocks. Very, so, very risk averse. Very it's, risk averse. It's, it's funny. We, we, it sounds like we come from the same places with, with both you guys. I, I started off in the, the stock market and, you know, I would, my first, the first stock I ever bought was Apple. <laughs> bought Apple at like $99. And again, I, I didn't have a lot of money, but I was just experimenting my my dad always taught me about investments and going from you know savings account money market cd all that stuff and uh stock investing was the next thing and again i don't know if this was around 2007 so i don't know if i was good or, or lucky but um i was trading these big cap stocks and they're doing pretty well but because i had you know so little shares i wasn't really making anything um and then i thought hey you know Let's try the penny stock thing out, and I was horrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think horrible. that's a lot of you know 
that's a lot of what brings a lot of people to penny stocks is, is that same thing. They're like, man, get, get rich quick. If, I got, if I got five shares of Apple, even if it moves huge, you know, I make 25 bucks where I can have 500 shares of a dollar stock. And yeah. Exactly. And, and that's eventually what led me to Forex. And then with, with, with you, Stephen, same thing. When I was, I went through a long period of struggling and I started um, just documenting it, not for any reason, but just because uh, the, the trading mentor I was working with, he always said, you have to you know, journal your stuff, journal your feelings, journaling what you're, journal what you're doing. And, you know, I'm an ex, ex-athlete and I'm like, journal, that's, that's not a real manly thing to do. I'm not going to sit here and write in a, a diary. Um, so I just started a blog and, and with the blog, I just started writing down basically how bad I was each day. And before I knew it, I don't know how people came across it, but traders are leaving messages like, yeah, I'm bad too. And it's like, <laughs> I was, the <laughs> I guess everyone else out there always shows how good you are and, you know, they're waving fans of money and, and whatnot. And I think it was a relief for people to see that, hey, this guy's bad too. And I kind of documented my journey that way. So it wasn't YouTube back then, but it was kind of like blog posts. So I know exactly how you feel. Yeah. No, and there's, there's kind of success and failure though as well. Like there's, and especially in the micro cap world, there is the odd person who will make a million in a year. They'll rise to fame and they'll set the, they'll set the standard of the ball for whatever a lot of other people want to achieve. And, the reality is for most people that I know who've made it, it's took two or three years. Yeah, I, I, same thing. It's, and it's, it, it's, it's a journey. It's, it's a, a journey of one step forward, two steps back, two steps forward, one step back. And it's a learning experience. And kind of the analogy I always make with the traders I work with and even my personal career was, it was very similar to like learning how to drive a car. Like, you know, it, obviously you got to go through your, your, your bumps, no pun intended, of learning how to drive a car. But even after you learn how to drive a car in like the, the parking lot or the empty streets early in the morning, whatnot, it's still a different game once you have your license and once you're actually out there with the other crazies on the highway. And it, it still takes you a few years before you're at the point where you're just doing everything effortlessly, where you're not thinking about look left, look right, look left, and then turn. You're kind of just going through the motions. I think it's like, again, I think, I, I think two years is you know, a, a common time for you to feel comfortable with yourself as a trader. I like that learning to drive analogy. Back when I was 16, it kind of, the way I drove when I was 16 oh, kind of reminds me of the way Steven <laughs> trades right now, you know. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think I went, I mean, I, I grew up in a rural area, so it wasn't uncommon to go skidding off the road into the ditch. You know, it wasn't, I've, I've flipped over cars before, I've totaled cars, you know, it's kind of like, that's a great analogy. Reminds oh. me of Stephen shorting low float stocks, you know. No, 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 but I mean, if where I am now is driving and doing handbrake turns on icy roads, where was there about six months to 12 months ago? Like, I was, I was like driving Ferraris into walls, like this is how bad me trading was at one point, but like the one thing I don't, I mean, I, I'm interested to know how you went from micro cap penny stocks into Forex, but. Um, yeah, I mean, why don't you tell me a little bit about this first? Well, it, it's the, the, the honest truth is it was, like many, I had the mindset of get rich quick. Um, I, I did well in the stock market with the, the, the little bit of capital I traded, but uh, kind of like what Tim mentioned, it's like I, I'm, I feel like I'm doing good, but I'm not really making any money. Like Apple went from 99 to 200, and I made what a, a couple hundred bucks off of it because I have 10 shares and I'm like 
all right, well, like in my mind, I'm like, I'm good, but I'm not making any money off of it. So I went to penny stocks for the, the same reason. Okay, I can buy a lot more. Um, and what I'll make off of it will be more. And, and this is kind of underneath everything. I have, I, I have no idea how to trade. Um, I think I do. And even as I think back now, it's like, I'm sure I have some type of natural instinct for investing. But, you know, part of me is still like, hey, I, I just got lucky back then and, and picked the right things at the right time. So I went to, I tried penny stocks for a little bit. It didn't work right away. And like, like most people, right? If it doesn't work right away, you ditch it and you try something else. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I had a, I had a roommate of mine who told me about, uh, he was in the, in the trading and investing as well. He told me about the Forex market. And of course, you know, I, I had no idea what the Forex market is. I'm like, I'm like, you can trade currencies. I'm like, so we have to drive to like the airport and go to the currency exchange. And like, I'm, <laughs> I'm picturing going through like a duffel bag full of money and then like exchanging it out and then waiting there for like 20 minutes and then exchanging it again. And uh, no, that that what, what you're describing there is trading cryptocurrencies. That's that's uh, well, well done. Lots of bags of cash, heroin dealers, you know, shady street corners. That that's trading cryptos. But. Oh, so, so, but I, I researched forex more, and of course, the the first thing that you see with, with you know in, in many markets is the you know, Forex is highly leveraged. At the time it was, I think, 101 here in the U.S. So it's like, all right, well, you're going to give me a loan so I can take a little bit of money and make a lot of bit of money. And I'm like, okay, that works perfect with the get rich quick scheme that was in my head. And of course, I'm this awesome investor because I bought Apple at the right time and some other pairs or some other um, stocks, excuse me, at the right time. So it's only a matter of time before I make a million dollars out of Forex. And I think in my mind, I calculated where it's like in six years, I'm going to, I'm going to turn, you know, like a $10,000 account into a million dollar account. And uh, that's what drove me into the market. Um, and then as I got, as obviously as I drove cars off the, the side of the road multiple times, I kind of learned my lesson and uh, really started trying to educate myself on it. But one thing that I noticed throughout this whole process is that although my initial mindset was kind of the get rich quick, make a lot of money, um, I was passionate about the markets. Um, for me, again, I'm an ex-athlete, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm competitive. And for me, the markets were kind of like this puzzle that was looking to be solved, and, and maybe it's not 100% solvable, but it was kind of the game of coming in and, and finding the right stock, finding the right currency pair at the right time, buying it at the right point, selling it at the right point, which... I loved. Um, so I think that's what pushed me through all the years of, of losing money was the fact I just loved the game. I, it was intriguing to me. And it still is. But uh, were you ever thinking though at one point, like I've been, I mean, I don't know how long it took you before you got profitable, but you're thinking I've been in this one year, I've been in this two years, I'm constantly losing. Am I just going to be one of these losers? Am, am I a loser? Did, did, uh, did you ever sit and think that to yourself? Yes and no. Like, I want to tell myself no. Um, I always want to tell myself that I don't believe in failure until like you're absolutely like dead and done and have no fighting chance. Um, but there are certainly periods of time where I had plenty of doubts. And uh, my story is a little bit interesting. I didn't I didn't do the smartest thing. I, I was um, I graduated college and I was going for my master's degree while I, I got started in um, investing and in, in trading. And I was working like three jobs and I was making like $30,000 coming out of college. And, you know, for me, $30,000, you know, that, that was like making a million dollars. I've never seen that much money in my life. I didn't have a lot of bills, no family. Um, I lived with like three roommates. So it's just like a lot of extra money. And for a while, you know, it was like $30,000 is awesome. 
Um, so I can afford to kind of blow money in the market, regain it, blow money and, and do that whole back and forth. And there came a time where I started thinking about the future. Uh, things were getting more serious with my girlfriend at the time, now wife. And it's like, wow, you know, you do the math, $30,000 doesn't really, uh, it doesn't really do much as far as like starting a family and, and, and in the bigger picture. And I knew that I'm, I'm a procrastinator at heart. Um, kind of a back against the wall type of person. I knew that as long as I had the luxury of making the quote unquote comfortable money, I was never going to really go after trading and investing the way that I should. And I made the smartest move, and then that's sarcasm for, for your listeners, I'm very sarcastic, <laughs> made the smartest move in the world, and um, I quit three of my jobs to 100% focus on trading. <laughs> I, <laughs> not not recommended by the yeah, Steady yeah. Trade you, Podcast. You yes, not, yeah. It's the, the dumbest thing I ever did. Um, pardon my kid in the background yelling, but uh, for for me, it was it was what I needed, and it wasn't just like I didn't just wake up one day and quit. You know, I did the math. I put I made sure to save enough money. Um, I thought it would take me about a year and a half to do it. Um, so I did all that stuff first. Um, but I quit and I, I put myself, uh, my back against the wall and said, Hey, you have to make it at trading, um, or you're not going to make it at all. And that's finally when I started taking things seriously. Uh, yeah, but I mean, for, for me, I mean, it, when you talk about micro cap socks and penny socks, mm -hmm. when it clicks for us, cause I mean, we'll talk about the whole differences between micro cap socks and Forex. I'm quite interested to have a healthy debate between the two of them, oh. but like for us, it's, it's generally, we'll see one pattern. We'll see one pattern in one sector, like we'll have mm -hmm. the biotech so sector, uh, or you'll have the shipping sector, and one pattern you'll see reoccurring over and over and over. And then that's how you start to see profitability in the market, because you'll recognize one reoccurring pattern. In Forex, how is it, how is it for you? What were, the, what were the moments, where the aha moments, where you're like, ah, get this, ah, it's working, I need to do this and not that. Well, it's very similar. Now, I'm, I'm a, a technical trader, so everything I do is based off of the charts. Um, so I do try to pay attention to fundamentals. Um, not my strong point at all, but every decision I make is based off the charts. So it's the same thing. We're looking for uh, certain setups in the market, and certain setups have certain probabilities where you either have the edge or you don't have the edge, and uh, you try to execute that as consistently as you can without kind of sabotaging yourself. And it took me a while to realize this because at, at first, I, I preach something now where it's called process over outcome. Um, and there's a great book by Mike Bellafiore called One Good Trade, um, if, if your listeners haven't read it, yep. um, where he preaches the same exact thing. And Actually, I, d d d I've read that great book, highly recommend yeah. it as well. Yep. So. I, I loved it because it was, I, I had that philosophy before reading that book, but being, you know... It, from someone, you know, being who he is, right, uh, owner of SMB Capital, it was kind of refreshing to be like, oh, yeah, like the, the pros are, the, the, the pros that own uh, prop firms are preaching the same thing that we're preaching to ourselves, that we're preaching to the traders that we work with. And it was kind of refreshing and, and confidence building at the time. Um, but it's process over outcome. We're understanding that a winner, a, a profitable trade isn't necessarily a good trade and a losing trade isn't necessarily a bad trade. And kind of breaking that thought process that, hey, the more I win, the better I am. The more I lose, the worse I am. Because I used to win a lot, but 
you know, like many traders, I would sabotage myself. So I would take my profits early, like soon as they're, you know, a couple dollars in profit. Oh, yeah, take it, put it in my pocket. Yeah, big money. And then, of course, the losers, right? You know, it's going to come back. It's, oh, it's going to come back. You know, let it, <laughs> let it drop and drop and drop. <laughs> So yeah, that's, that's, I think the <laughs> ultimate bane of any new trader is, I mean, is, is, is that exact, I mean, there's so many guys that, you know, they see the instant they see green, you know, the stock is five cents of the green, they take profits and then they'll just let the losers run and run and run. And yeah. So. Yeah. And I was, you know, I remember at pro probably the height of my, my, uh, what I thought was a good trading career at the time, I was winning like 70% of the time and I was all excited, you know, and I'm look at my account statement each month and I'm like losing money. I'm like, I'm a winner, but I'm losing. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't get this. It doesn't make sense. And long story short, I realized that, um, I did start with trading a single setup. I, I concentrated kind of when I revamped my trading, I started trading with a single setup only. Um, but I realized that I was sabotaging myself, that I, I started tracking my mistakes and I started seeing that, man, well, if I wouldn't, if I would have let this hit, the actual profit uh, level that I projected uh, consistently, then I wouldn't be in this situation. And I, I made the goal where it was the beginning of a new year. I think it was, uh, I had come off like a mental meltdown and it was like January and, you know, fresh start, January, new year, whatever. Oh, a mental met meltdown, which is commonly referred to as Tuesday for Steven. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've just had a, I've just had a mental meltdown. I just had a mental meltdown. No, I mean, <laughs> Just, just so you know, I mean, I'd be interested to know where you are now. But for me, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm much more, I'm a much newer trader than, than you guys. Mm -hmm. I've been in the markets about two years, and I got after about a year and a few months. After about 14 months, I started hitting green months, and then I had as profitable six out of eight green months. Uh, so I was really finding consistency. I'd made all the money back that I'd lost, and I was mm -hmm. running really well. Uh, most, of, most days were green. There'd be maybe four or five red days across the month. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, it's, something happened to me where it was like, it's just working a normal job, trading in the evening, doing YouTube videos, doing the podcast. And after yep. so much time, I was just like sick of it all. And when you get in the wrong headspace, you start just self-sabotaging and doing basically bad shit. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I'd love to hear your story if you've been down something similar so I could learn from it. Well, I'll tell you this. Here, here was, uh, this is my kind of go-to story, and it took me the longest time to actually share this with people, but um, I was at a point where I was managing. After I had become, I know we're bouncing all over the place, but I, no, I, I, become, a, I become a consistently profitable trader by eliminating my mistakes. So I was, you know, I just, I started tracking what my mistakes were, and I started saying, Akil, you know, if you make 30, 30 mistakes a month, which was probably realistic, uh, <laughs> you know, if I make 30, 30 mistakes in January, my only goal in February was to make 29 right? 29 mistakes in February. And if I, if I can make one less and consistently cut that up, eventually I would stop making mistakes. And I, I, it took me some time, but I did it. And before you know it, I was actually making money. And I had stopped thinking about uh, my, you know, how much money I was making. because I just assumed I was a bad trader because I struggled for so many years. And I'm just kind of like ending my days till I have to go back and get like a real job. Um, <laughs> just counting them down. I'm like, whatever, I'm going to try and do it the right way. And I'll send out resumes in a few months. And I remember getting an email from my broker and it was positive. And I remember looking at it and I'm like, no, <laughs> no, can't be mine. And I'm, and I'm like, I think you sent me the wrong, uh, the wrong traders account. <laughs> and they're like, no, I'm like, there's no parentheses. There's no red number. I'm like, this can't be mine. And 
um, lo and behold, it was profitable. And that whole time, it was just me shifting my focus from money, making money, to just doing things the right way, following the setups that I'm supposed to take. But my biggest uh, mental breakdown came when I was, I was managing money. And um, I had a client that gave me about uh, a little under a quarter mil. Nope. And, and more, more money than I've ever seen in my lifetime. Um, <laughs> and I'm trading it, and my whole goal was like, okay, you know, slow, steady gains, uh, limit the, the risk on the backside. No big drawdowns. Try not to go anywhere uh, below like a, a maximum a 10% drawdown. If I can consistently make 2 to 3% a month, that's going to be perfect. And I was doing this and uh, reporting back to the client, and he's like, well, you know, wouldn't you uh, – don't you want to increase your position size so you can make more? And I'm like, well, no, no, no. The goal, I'm on a hot streak right now. The goal is, I had no, I had no spine or backbone at this time, so I'm just trying to please the client. So I'm like, no, no, the goal is, you know, I'm going to make a small amount consistently, and that's going to compound, and I want to keep the drawdown coming. He's like, yeah, but if you were to double it, you would make this much. I'm like, yeah, but I had a hot streak, and after every hot streak comes a losing streak, and, you know, and eventually he convinced me to, like, quadruple our position size. <laughs> so I did it. I, I did it right after a hot streak. We hit a hot streak. I could quadruple my position size. And you know, I think everyone knows what happens after that. <laughs> Boom. I, I, hit this, I hit this massive losing streak. I lose like $30,000 basically in a week, most of it in a week. And I quit trading. Like I, wanna, I want to, to kick the cat, throw the computer out the window, whatever frustration it was and I, I shut down my computer for a week because I was just, I felt the big empty a dark hole I, I felt really really bad and just out of it and to make things worse is like a week later I kind of talked myself back into it um, obviously I needed to do it to make income as well um, and I look back at my charts and I'm like if I would have just if I would have instead of taking that week off if I would have just continued trading the strategy the way that I'm supposed to I would have, the amount of law, the amount that I lost, I would have doubled that. Yeah. Um, and it was one of those things where I, I forgot what happened. I think it was a, a natural disaster, maybe a tsunami or something in Japan. And a lot of yen pairs crashed and I was overexposed because, you know, I'm young and dumb and, and whatnot. And then everything, <laughs> everything ended up coming back like the next week. And I'm like, well, I would have been in all those trades. And that just kind of shut it down for me um, and really made me rethink like whether it should, should, am I a loser? Should I be doing this? Um, it was definitely the, the the darkest point in my trading career. Yeah, and I, and I mean it's funny because I, I've made this example a couple of times, and Joe Rogan says it. But people, a lot of people don't make it, and a lot of people are not successful at trading. And there's a, and the industry standards are like ninety ninety five percent of traders lose. But what would you attribute these people losing for? Because we've always chatted about it, and we've always said. It takes a certain man or woman, and it takes a certain person of courage to get through these absolutely depressing, demoralizing, heart-wrenching uh, events. And it yeah, doesn't I'll, happen once, it happens twice. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let Akil give his answer, but what you just said there is why I think 90% fail, because 90% hit that point, and they give up, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I actually had that in my, the first trading plan I, I wrote, I had a quote at the very beginning where it's like, um, I believe that the only reason people fail is because they quit before they have a chance to succeed. So I, I believe that 100%. And it's tough. I think, you know, 
it does take, you know, I want to say that everyone can be a successful trader because I do believe that trading is a skill and like any skill, if you, if you work on it, you'll get better. It's not like, you know, genetics where to make the MBA, if you're, if you're five foot seven, your chances are very slim. You can work on your skill of trading and get better. Um, so everyone has the opportunity to be successful. But I do think it takes some certain personality traits, and, and that is, you know, from my experience, I see a lot of ex-athletes, a lot of ex-like uh, military do very well at trading because they're, they're disciplined, um, and, and discipline is the, the biggest thing. They, they have the ability to kind of follow instructions uh, to a T, even if, and really control their emotions in the market, and, and emotions are like you said, the, the biggest thing that will haunt traders, you go through that, that, that rough, deep, dark period of time and you just get emotional, man. You want either you're, you're, you're scared, you're fearful, or you're greedy, revenge, you want to make it back. And that just ends up digging you into a deeper hole. So the, the person that can control those emotions and kind of just like, you know, kind of block them out like, hey, yeah, our team's down at halftime, but we just got we to gotta steady the ship and, and, and follow the game plan. I do think they have a better chance at success. Um, you got to be mentally tough. You got to be mentally tough. And again, I, I think one of the big issues is that people give up too quick on their systems or, or their strategy. And they have to understand that also, no matter how you trade, at some point you're going to hit that, that period of time. Every yeah, single week, multiple times a year. Yeah, and I think a lot of it, especially, and again, I'm not, I, I understand Forex. I'm not well-versed in Forex, but, you know, I, I, make that point all the time in low price, you know, in penny stocks, especially right now in August. I mean, August is just dreadful for these momentum stocks. And I've been chatting with a few guys this week and they're like, man, I'm struggling. And I'm like, I, you should be struggling. I'm like, there are no great opportunities out there. So I see a lot of guys that just don't even take into consideration seasonality. You know, if you decided I'm going to be a penny stock trader on July 30th, geez, good luck. You would have had, you know, 20 days of hell at this point. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's what I'm right. It, it, market conditions change, and they're not always great for your style of trading. And, and the biggest thing I get is I, I get people that try to, they want the best of both worlds, where it's like, well, I want to be a momentum trader while, you know, the volatility is in the market, but then when it's not in the market, I want to be this type of trader. And I'm like, you know, unfortunately, like, you, you never know when the volatility comes until after it's already come. Right. And it's like... <laughs> you're, you're going to be behind everything. If you start trying to trade momentum after the momentum has ended, well, after momentum, it's going to go right back into kind of uh, consolidation. And now you're trading a momentum-based strategy while the market's going sideways. And then you switch back to, oh, now the markets are going sideways. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to you know, play this, uh, this consolidation, this sideways movement type of uh, strategy. And, you know, the sideways moves, movement is done and now the markets are expanding again and you're just always late. And it's, it's discipline. You got you to stick to what you're supposed to do and, and do it consistently, right? Consistent execution or consistent analysis plus consistent execution will give you consistent results. But uh, it's pretty crazy, though, because I didn't realize how close the worlds were uh, mm -hmm. between maybe Forex, microcap stocks, options, any of that stuff. It, all of the same kind of characteristics for a successful trader always seem to come into play no matter what you're trading. And it seems like for me, we're all a bit, I mean, We've never, you, you might have a boss at, at work and he'll keep you in control, but mm -hmm. you've never had to rigidly follow strict guidelines unless maybe you've been an athlete. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, you need to get that shit beat out of you. Mm -hmm. You need to get that discipline beat into you or, and the bad stuff beat out of you. 
And, and for me, it's like a mental process of just messing up over and over and over and over and just learning. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I saw something on, on Twitter earlier today. It was a, a trader that I followed, and he said something. Um, I don't remember by heart, but it was like, it doesn't matter how many books you read or how many courses you take. At, at some point, you got to get out there and just take your blows. At some time, like, like you said, you got to just, you got to get, you got to get beat. And you got to learn your lesson and, and adjust and adapt and, and get used to it. And, you know, I, I think stocks and Forex, again, depending, you know, stocks, Forex, options, commodities, whatever you're trading, I, I think the, the general concepts are very similar. Um, obviously, each, each market has its own little intricacies, but overall, it takes the same characteristics to be successful in, in, in any of them, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and it's that process. It's basically, yeah, I mean, you kind of covered it. It's keeping an active journal, yeah. marking exactly what you're doing, going back and looking at what you could have done better, what you could have done worse. And then also I, just – I mean, I can't – you know, I, I harp on that all the time, but it's amazing once, you know, I'll ask somebody to send me their trade history and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You start looking at it, and it's like it's amazing how often – and, and I, I'll probably say this and people will probably be like, whatever. But it's amazing how often newer traders think the exact opposite. They think what isn't working is working and what is working isn't. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like wait a minute, look at what you're doing here. This, you, you keep doing this nine, or well, not nine, seven out of ten trades don't work, but the other three do. And you're journaling that and you're like, these, these aren't good setups. It's like, wait a minute flip the script and I don't think you can do that if you don't write stuff down back to your blog example I mean I tell everybody even if it's a private blog I mean you could just set up WordPress or you could use you know I use Evernote yeah, write that it. shit down and actually read it you know exactly I mean because it's 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 tough um it's tough because you're on you're on your own, but there's there's like I said, you ha- you have no boss to kind of sit there and evaluate you. You're it's like 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 an entrepreneur. Like if you're an entrepreneur, like you're in charge of growing your business. And, you know, you're not necessarily going to have someone there that says, "Hey, you should do this. You're doing that wrong." You got to have a way to evaluate and 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 check yourself. And I think the reason so many traders don't do it is because, again, many traders or investors they they have the mindset of you know the end game is just I want to make a lot of money really really quickly. Because again, the, the stupid internet just like sabotages <laughs> the virus, sabotaging people, and you get that impression. And when you when you hear stuff like, "Oh, you should journal. Oh, you should backtest. You should track your trades. You should review your notes. You know, go back at the end of the day and, and and look at this, look at that." They don't see that directly relating to making money. They just see you know push button that directly relates to making money. I only want to do what directly relates to making money. I don't want to do any of the dirty work, the, the real stuff that makes you successful. I don't want to do any of that stuff. Right? I just want to get on the field and play. I don't want to practice. I don't want to go to film study. Um, I don't want to. Well, and I think that one of the reasons so many new guys don't do it is it's so much shit. You know, yeah. it's like you're doing everything wrong. Who wants to review that? You know, <laughs> who wants to review? Oh, I screwed this up, this up, this up, this up. But that's how you get better. I mean, that's why back to your athletic experience. I mean, that's why you have a coach. I mean, he's seeing what you're doing. Okay. He's saying, Hey, this is what you did wrong. And this is what you did wrong to you. You think you did everything right, but that, you know, he's the one critiquing you. He's the one giving you the drills. Yeah. You just don't know until someone, someone tells you. 
<laughs> you just don't know sometimes, you know, unless you can good enough to figure it out on your own. Right, right. And that yeah, takes a lot of work. But no, who, who wants to do a lot of work, right? You just want to make a lot of easy money. It, 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 but people are also self-delusional as well. I'm not hating on loads of people, but I was like self-delusional. I was like, if I just tell myself that I'm going to make it, and I just say it to myself enough times, if I say, oh, it's going to be me, it's going to be me, it's going to be me, and I'm going to walk around every day thinking I'm going to make it, <laughs> I start thinking I'm going to make it. And then I look at the suck screen on, uh, on my software and think, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I don't know what's going on. And, and you need to do a diary and say, I'm going to spend an hour reviewing trades. I'm going to spend two hours on the screen time looking at what's going on. And then I'm going to spend maybe an hour after. Uh, I can't tell you how many people I've, I've spoken to that are self-delusional. I mean, I, there's this one guy specifically that I, I've, I've spoken to him for five years. He's made zero progress in his trading. And it's, it's the same story every single time. And he's a, he's a nice guy, but it's just like, you know, he's doing every, it's, it's always someone else's, it's, the blame is always somewhere else but him. So it's like, it's the system, it's the market, it's the, it's the president. And it's, oh, I would have been trading good if Trump didn't get elected. And now he's doing, it's <laughs> everything else. And each time I, each time I would tell him, it's just like, I'm like, look, you got to focus on one thing. Because I don't think he's a bad trader. It's like, you just got to focus on one thing and, and be good at that. Stop bouncing around. But it, it's, people view themselves differently. Um, yeah. But I guess that's life in general, not just trading. I think that's life. People are, it's interesting. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and, and not, to, not to get too down the yeah. failure road, but, you know, that's the same attitude. You see that everywhere. I mean, if you got a buddy that hasn't had a job in six years, especially in this day and age, it's like, okay, this, you know, I don't have a job because my car broke down. I have a job because of the, I mean, it's like, man, at some point you just got to man up and go get a shitty job and work your way up. You know? Well, that's what we, we I, I, one of the common excuses we hear is like, I don't have enough money to trade. Right. And going back to the conversation we had earlier, like we all agree, like it takes a couple years to really kind of learn it and, and get it. And my whole thing is this, I'm like, all right, you know, stop worrying about if you have the money now, just learn the skill. And we know that in this industry, if you get good enough and you can prove you're good enough, people will throw money at you. You can, you can, find, you can use that skill to make money, whether it's your own, whether it's managing for other people, um, whether it's teaching, whatever you want to do. But making money has never been the hard part. Like if you want to go, go to McDonald's, they're always hiring. You know, work at work the drive through. Like you'll make it may not be the optimal job situation, but you'll, you'll make some money and you can save that over a two year period and start funding a trading account. Um, just grow, work on the skill, worry about the money later, right? I mean, if you don't have the skill, that money's just going to be wasted anyway. That's kind of, that, 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 I, that idea, that philosophy is basically the underlying philosophy of the Steady Trade Podcast. That's why we have that name. You know, it's oh, like, you know, now. yeah, <laughs> you know, the, the, it's not the Get Rich Today podcast. You know, it's like the idea of learn from traders like you, learn from other traders that are successful, learn from Stephen's journey, my journey, and then a year from now, two years from now, then you kind of get there. But, but yeah, be focused on the process, just like Bellafor's book. You know? Yep. But uh, Akil, I've got some straight up questions. All right. We're, we're, yeah. we're going to go straight up now. This is the crunch. We're, we're going to talk uh, Forex versus penny stocks. It's, it's very cool that you've had an interest in both. We'll, we'll, we'll not double team you. We'll, we'll, we'll go easy. But um, let's, let's, for you... I mean, for us, I mean, I, I, I'd, love to, I'd love to hear your response. With Forex, we, there's immediately a, a kind of a, a bad reputation of high risk, lots of leverage. How do you manage a 24-hour news cycle? 
Um, how, how, how would you defend that? How, what would you say to kind of counter that? Do you think Forex is risky and dangerous more so than other kind of trading or is it Actually, teachable and profitable? But before we let you answer, it's funny. One of the biggest reasons I've avoided Forex over the years is I'm such a degenerate. The 24-hour network act, or, or trading actually scares me. I'm like, oh, God, I'll never sleep. So, but anyway, of, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it's well, gift, gift of the curse. Um, there are, are benefits and, and uh, pros and cons definitely to, to the 24-hour cycle. Um, I can tell you plenty of times where I've been, you know, sleeping with one eye open because I'm scared that something's going to happen over <laughs> in Europe and I'm like, I'm not going to know about it. It's going to be three o'clock in the morning. I'm going to wake up and be like, boom, everything's gone. And that has happened before. Um, but uh, the, pro, the pros are, you know, a 24-hour market. Um, it offers opportunity around the clock. And many newer traders getting involved, they're just starting off. They're, they're working a full-time job somewhere else. And it allows the ability to successfully trade around their job. There's, there's no excuse where um, they can't do analysis. They want to be day traders even at a, a weird time. They can come in. They have active markets that they can work with. So they have those opportunities around the clock to be involved with, which is a, which is a positive. At the same time, um, you have to be aware that you know, 24 hours, it's very easy to get glued to your computer. And I, I used to I actually used to trade a a strategy where I would have to check my computer every hour. I, I guess I didn't have to, but I, I would force myself to, and it sucked the life out of me because I'm I'm, I'm waking up, you know, I'm, I'm getting an, literally getting if I'm in a position, I'm getting an hour of sleep at a time because I want to wake <laughs> up every hour at the end of a candle to kind of I was doing this active trail thing, so I, I want to trail it really really closely because I was on my risk management uh, <laughs> kick back then. Um, but it, it, I, I was only able to do it for maybe about a month. I just drove myself crazy. I was sleep deprived and I became a slave to the markets. And that's not something you want to do. Um, I got into trading for not necessarily financial freedom, but freedom of time. I like the fact that I can, I, as a trader, as a professional trader, I can do what I want when I want. I love that. I've got a, a kid that's three. I got a new kid coming in you know, any day now. And I'm able to hang out with them during the day. I'm able to go see school plays when that starts. And I love that. But if you're a slave to your computer or to the charts, um, you really defeat that purpose. Um, so it, is a, it offers opportunity. That's the, the benefit. At the same time, there's around-the-clock risk. Um, but I would say that the same risk exists in the stock market. I mean, there's, there's after-hours trading. There's the, the potential to the see big gaps on the market open. Um, so it's a little bit different. If, if I had to choose, I guess I'd rather have the chance to, I'd rather have the chance to, to see what's happening. You know, I don't like kind of... Well, and, and have the ability to get out. I mean, if you're, in, ability to do you know, if you're in some sketchy OTC stock <laughs> and news comes out after hours, you're stuck. You know, you can't trade that in after hours and you got to sit there and pray for, you know, 4 a.m. the next day. Yep. <laughs> Micro cap stocks. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's positives and negatives, obviously, micro cap mm -hmm. stocks versus Forex. I mean, obviously, the, the, the negative about micro cap stocks is if you're long in a lot of these micro cap stocks, you're potentially going long overnight on a stock. That's a bit of a scam. You're, you're like buying literal junk. Yeah. But, but on the flip side, if you're trading Forex, the good thing about this junk is millionaires don't trade this junk because they don't like it. But if you're trading Forex, you're competing against the best minds in the world. So, I mean, 
how do you how do you beat the best? It's it's tough, and you're you're right. We're we're going against the you know I, I tell the traders I work with. Uh, you are going against the the best of the best people whose lives are dependent on not making a mistake and making money. <laughs> and I think you have to you have to realize where you're at. I think too many traders get caught up over the, you know, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to do what what the smart money's doing. I got to do what these institutions are doing. And and you're not going to do that in, in in forex because you don't know what they're doing until they've already done it. And you know, I don't have experience. Um, I've never traded for an institution. I've worked with a few traders or spoken with a few traders who have, and they can't afford to be wrong. So the way they kind of not manipulate the market, but the way they kind of probe and get in and out is very sneaky, and you don't know that they're in it until they're in it. So as, as, as retail traders, our job is to not necessarily kind of be ahead of them, but to understand, try to understand what levels they're looking at and to take advantage, um, say, in like the, the, the second portion of that move or be smart enough not to put, say, stop losses if we're, if we're uh, trading, uh, say, right at like structure or something like that, not to put a stop loss in a level where we can easily get skunked out by something like that. So it's kind of, you know, we, we I, I like to say think like the other trader. We have to kind of think and anticipate what the bigger traders are doing and understand that we're only in it to get a small piece of the pie and be happy with that small piece of the pie. That's very, very interesting, very interesting. And just, just I suppose, as we kind of wrap up a little bit, I'd like to know a little bit about you, kind of best career highlight, worst career highlight, and just some pieces of advice, because, I mean, from this podcast, I guess we've seen that, it, despite the, the fact that it's different markets, a lot of the traits to success are the same. So mm -hmm. kind of what, what are your top three tips for the micro cap market or just all markets in general and yeah, and your, and your best and worst uh, stories? I think we've heard your worst, right? Yeah, yeah, you heard your yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please, please don't make me tell that again. <laughs> it, it pains me every time. Uh, but yeah, that was definitely my worst story. And you can see that, that was a psychological meltdown. Um, it, was, it was also one of the greatest lessons. And I think the greatest lesson that we can learn is, as traders is discipline right so I you know it's all about you mentioned this earlier it's all about you find something that works whether it's a, you know it doesn't matter what the strategy is it could be purely it could be momentum based it could be counter trend it could be trend continuation it doesn't really matter what the strategy is as long as it has a positive expectancy meaning as long as it's something that can be consistently executed over and over again in the market and at the end of the day after the wins after the losses you're going to end up on uh, on the profitable side. That's the most important thing. And the best tip that I can give is you just have to do the work. If you do the work in developing that strategy and, and testing it over historical data in the market, um, not only will you train your eyes to see it repeatedly in the market, but you're also going to train your, you're going to train your confidence. And I truly believe in something called the belief cycle where it's belief action results, where um, it's kind of like a snowball effect. It's hard to get that snowball moving in the beginning, which is believing in yourself and believing in your strategy. But once you do that, once you believe in yourself, you believe in your strategy, and, and you you follow it blindly, right, um, with confidence, you start seeing, um, you start taking the right actions, right? And then you notice that the more that you take the right actions, you start seeing the right results. 
And that cycle gets, just gets stronger, right? You see the right results, your belief gets uh, even bigger, your confidence gets better in yourself, you start taking more of the right actions. And you take more of the right actions, you start seeing more of the right results. So you just have to put the work in and then really just trust yourself and just always understand that you, know, you, you can't just settle with being successful. It always takes work. Um, and then the moment you settle is the moment the market's going to get you. Um, <laughs> I 100% believe in that. The moment you settle and become complacent, that's the moment where the market is going to uh, take advantage of you, and you're going to be right back where you started. Man, that was that's a that's a, a killer, man. Love that, Indeed. love that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, Akil, before we leave, uh, what's what's your biggest and best career high? What are you most proud of? Oh, man, most proud of. Um, it was, uh, it was a trade on a currency pair called the New Zealand dollar. And for the, the viewers, listeners that are not, currencies are trading in pairs, so it's kind of like a, a battle. So it's the New Zealand dollar versus the U.S. dollar, and, and, and you basically play the exchange rates. And I remember it was a trade that uh, I took on like uh, a Thursday. And this was back when I was, uh, you know, I was consistently just, you know, whatever money I would get, I would take it right away and, and then, you know, let my losers ride. And this was the first trade that I, I said to myself, I said, I'm going to hold, I'm going to hold on to this until we reach the profit projection that I made. I'm going to be disciplined to kill. You're going to do it. You're going to stick to your plan. Uh, you're going to make your trading coach happy. And I remember taking it on Thursday and then Friday, we were up like 50 pips, like 50 ticks in the market. And there was probably about like 20 or 30 of us that took this, this same trade. And I remember I wanted to, I wanted to take profit so bad, man. I was up I was up some money. I just wanted to grab it or take a portion of it. And I said, "No, what not? I'm leaving it in. I'm going to do it." And I think part of me was like, "I'm going to I'm going to prove my coach wrong cuz we're going to wake up. I'm going to lose money and I'm going to be like, "You lied to me." <laughs> um, but I I, stu I I stuck with it. That was my mentality. You know, we, we we know better than everyone else. So we're just like, you know, we're right, they're wrong. We should just take money. Um, but I I held it. I held it. And I remember waking up after um, the weekend, it was Monday or a Tuesday morning the next week, and the trade had popped up like 600 pips. Um, biggest trade I've ever seen, and I got all of them because it was right where my projection was at. And this is when me and my roommate, we were sharing, a, we're both trading. And so we used to always share our results, and you know, we, when we win, we play music and dance and all that fun stuff. And I'm like running down to him I'm like, dude, dude, did you see the New Zealand dollar? 600 pips. I'm going crazy. And he's sitting in his room just like, yeah. I'm like, what's wrong with you, dude? This is the biggest trade we've ever had. Like, he's like, yeah. remember when we were up 50 pips on Friday? I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I took him out. What'd you say? <laughs> what? I took profits on Friday. I'm like, come on, man. But that was the... Um, it was the first. It was the first time that I really trusted myself to do what I was supposed to do, and I, I guess I'm fortunate that it, it played out in my favor. Because of course, if it didn't, I would have probably blamed. You know, I should have just took my money out. That's what we always say in hindsight. But it made me believe. It made me believe that I can do analysis the right way. I, I am good at projecting uh, price uh, price profits. And it was the first trade I had the discipline to sit in. And, and because I was rewarded for that, the next trade, it was the, the trades to come were easier and easier to do that because immediately as I think back, I'm like, okay, Akil, 
remember that last trade, you did it, you did what you're supposed to do, it ended up good, just do it again, do it again. And I slowly started growing that belief in myself and my strategy, and that kind of started the snowball effect of just becoming more and more confident. And then, you know, fast forward to where I'm at now, this is what, eight years later, I'm at the point where I just don't care about any trade anymore. I'm, I'm so confident in myself and my system that bigger picture, it will be profitable, that you know, I don't get excited over wins. I don't get upset over losses. I'm I just come in and do my job. Um, I still get excited over the. the <laughs> I get, I, yeah, don't, yeah, don't get, don't tell the people I work with. This. I but I, I, there's there's it's no longer an emotional roller coaster. I'm I'm very steady, and I just understand that. Um, you know, I just understand what it takes to be good, and and it's just consistency in, in the process, not necessarily the outcome of the trade. Well, I tell you what, Akil, this has been great. I mean, um, lots of lots of great tidbits. I mean, I so love for forex traders. Yeah, yeah, podcasters. <laughs> you know, I I love that. You know, you'd speak to a lot of stuff that I mean, the listeners will know. Stephen will know a lot of stuff that's dear to my heart. That journaling, <laughs> that self introspection. You know, all of this stuff that again, hopefully, makes you a steady steady trader, basically. So. Um, just in summary, would like give give a quick plug for your podcast. You know, tell people where to get it, what you talk about, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I've got a podcast. It's uh, brilliantly called the Trading Coach Podcast because I am very creative with titling and whatnot. <laughs> um, but you can find it on, on basically uh, at least all your popular podcasting and, and music streaming sites. Uh, so it's you know, you uh, well, I have it on YouTube. I put a YouTube version up with Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Stitcher. Um, iHeartRadio, uh, basically anywhere that you can download a podcast, you can uh, find it at. And basically, it becomes me sharing my journey. Uh, I told you guys earlier about how I, I used to blog and share my journey that way and share kind of tidbits and whatnot. This is a chance for me to do the same. I, I do believe that I am still on a journey, although I've been consistently profitable for some years now. I'm still learning, and that learning never ends. So it's a chance for me to share my experience I also work with uh, a lot of traders on a daily basis, and you can imagine the questions that come up. And I do run a, a paid educational service, and I understand that everyone doesn't have the ability to do that. So it's my way of kind of giving back, giving uh, helpful hints, um, giving my experiences to anybody that is interested in trading, whether you're at the point where you can work with me or, or, or not.